Father in heaven, thank you so much for this day. Uh, Thank you for the gift of Christmas and what it means to each and every one of us. And we just pray this morning, God, that the true meaning of Christmas would really uh, just take up residence in our hearts in a way that helps us find a deeper level of meaning uh, to the gift exchanges, to the time with family, to the traditions that we celebrate, that all of it would be tethered and anchored to uh, the joy of receiving Christ as a newborn king. Uh, and the Savior that he is to each and every one of us. We are so grateful for those things, and uh, we just entrust this time to you and to your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, church. So uh, these things right here, these are our run sheets. And so every Sunday we gather together before the service, and we go through all the details, make sure we're all on the same page, and we actually have time allotted to each spot And so you can imagine every Sunday they get to the sermon and it says 40 minutes and we always joke because we know that I'm never going to be under 40 minutes, right? And and I I take that on and I'm like, hey, yeah, we'll we'll do our best to hit it. Today it says 20, okay? And so I want this to go on record because I'm not going 20 minutes. So I'm going to get underneath the allotted time and that's, that's a big deal for me. And so let's just go ahead and document that, that there is a Sunday out there that I went less than the time that was given me on the run sheet. Uh, That being said, turn to Romans chapter nine. I'm just kidding, don't do that. Um, uh, We're gonna just read the Christmas story together and uh, offer up just a few comments uh, about it to hopefully focus our time together today. So if you do have your Bibles, you can turn to Luke chapter two. Um, And for me, this is just a great uh, reminder again of, of what today is all about and Uh, Hopefully you all have had a chance to reflect upon these verses and this story uh, at different moments and at different times. I know we've incorporated it through, you know, our our Christmas Eve service, Jingle Jam, Hope Was Born. I mean, you name it. Hopefully you've had a chance to encounter this story in different ways and in different capacities. Uh, In our family, we have uh, an Advent calendar that kind of follows through really the beginning of creation all the way through the birth of Jesus. And so it's been a lot of fun for us to, uh, to reflect on that because then over the last three to five days, the, the way the Advent calendar works is it really breaks down Luke chapter two and it's just kind of fun to focus in on the majesty of that night. I, I love Easter. Uh, Easter is such a great holiday. It's such a great celebration because it's just the triumph of the resurrection um, and the power of the cross. Uh, but there's also just this, this dichotomy of Good Friday to Easter Sunday that makes it powerful, all right? But it, it takes you on this journey, this ebb and flow. And uh, while I really love that, there's just something about Christmas that's just innocent, you know? Uh, the birth of a child, uh, the birth of a baby, and just really embracing that and taking that in, uh, I don't know, it just hits your soul in a slightly different way. And, and I, I'm sure many of us have different stories of what it was like to, um, you know, be there when we knew somebody that was giving birth or when we ourselves were welcoming a child into the world for the first time. Uh, There is that same mixture of all these different emotions that you go through uh, that then is just uh, really just kind of almost uh, sidetracked by just this incredible moment uh, to just take in the the power and the beauty of, of, of a newborn king. And, and to think about all the different dynamics that coincide with it for all the different characters that play a part of it, uh, it's just a beautiful story. And I hope it encourages you this morning. And so I just want to read it 
uh, this morning and allow it to focus our time together on Christmas. So we'll start in chapter 2, verse 1. It says, In those days Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. And this was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria. And everyone went to their own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and the line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. And while they were there, the time came for the baby to be born. And she gave birth to her firstborn son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly a great company of the heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth. Peace to those whom whom his favor rests. And when the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph, and the baby was lying in the manger. And when they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds had said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. So uh, just a couple of observations for us this morning from the Christmas story, uh, and then we'll conclude with another song or two. Um, The first thing is that this whole story starts with a census. And you think about how random that is and how different that might sound to us because a census doesn't carry the same sort of, I guess, inconvenience that it did for Mary and Joseph. And uh, for them, it meant they had to be uprooted and they had to move. They had to completely change their circumstances. And you can see through the telling of this story that that uprooting and that being uh, forced to go back to Bethlehem was, was inconvenient. And that inconvenience was not just uh, because of a, a government decree, but as it pertained to Mary and Joseph. Mary was pregnant, right? They were, they were pledged to be married. Uh, and then because it was a census, there was literally no place for them to stay. And you can imagine Mary and Joseph in that moment in the frustration that they likely felt, right? You can imagine the angst, Uh, You can imagine all the different complaints that they probably had to share with one another that they brought before the Lord uh, because it was an incredibly inconvenient time. And and one of the things that that shares or that reminds me of when I think about this is that a lot of times uh, things happen that are beyond our control and they're incredibly inconvenient and they uproot us Uh, They change our situation. It's not at all what we were planning, what we were expecting, um, and it's just beyond our control. And I would imagine a lot of times when we go through those sorts of moments, there is a little bit of a frustration going, okay, Lord, what what are you doing? Uh, What's the purpose behind this? 
This isn't exactly how I had it laid out, right? There are all these different things that are likely to, to well up within us that have those emotional responses because it's beyond our control. And, and I, I look at this story, and I think it's a good reminder to all of us to say that sometimes those inconveniences, while they're not what we planned and they're not what we want, they are actually a repositioning for God to put us right where he wants us. And right where we need to be. Whether we see it, whether we want it, whether it's just cloaked with all the different inconveniences and discomfort, you don't even have a place to say, you're, you're nine months pregnant, all the different things that they were likely feeling, right? That, that even in those moments of inconvenience, God is repositioning us to be exactly where he wants us to be. And so when you find yourself in those situations, I think the word that's given to the shepherds uh, are some that are really good for us to remember as well. Uh, here we have this repositioning, and then God uh, enters into another story with the shepherds, and the shepherds are minding their own business, watching their flock in the fields by night, and God completely interrupts them, right? Uh, completely unannounced, completely unexpected. He sends these angels, and again, we kind of have an interesting response to the angels, a very common one that you see in the scriptures, that whenever an angel appears, the human reaction is typically what? What is it? Fear. So think about that, right? A lot of times we picture the halo and the angels and this really sweet little cartoon character. But every time an angel appears, it is met with a response of fear. Uh, that's reverence, but that's also just an overwhelming interruption. And, and when you see that response of fear, uh, one of the greatest messages of the Christmas season that the angels say to the shepherds, fear not. And, and I, I merge that with the inconvenience that Mary and Joseph are going through as well, right? Those moments where things happen beyond our control, God repositions us, and maybe he interrupts our lives, even when we're just going about our own business like the shepherds, that a lot of times when we lose control, when things go beyond our own capacities to maintain uh, the control that we want to have, a lot of times what happens is we are fearful, a lot of times when God interrupts us with something, with a message, with a word, it's terrifying. But we need to listen very closely to what it is that he says to us. He says, fear not. And I think that's one of the greatest messages that we have at Christmas. Fear not. And, and I don't know exactly uh, where all of you are and what it is that you're facing and the different uh, season that you're in. Um, I would imagine that a good majority of us in here could relate to something that has been very difficult or has repositioned us or has been something that we haven't expected that has caused trepidation, that has caused concern, that has caused a burden. And I hope that this Christmas morning you hear God bring you in close and just say, fear not. All right, the, the whole message of Christmas is, Emmanuel, I'm with you. Don't be afraid. I'm repositioning you right where you need to be. As hard as it may be, as inconvenient as it may be, um, I'm with you. Don't be afraid. And when we get that reassurance of God's comfort, when we get that reassurance that there's nothing to fear, uh, he actually gives us a purpose. Uh, he gives us something to do. And there's, there's kind of like three examples that are just almost back to back there at the conclusion of this birth narrative that I think are, are really compelling uh, for each of us to try to follow and emulate 
uh, as we finish off 2022 and head into 2023 and as we reflect on what the Christmas season is really all about. And you see it there uh, at, at verse 16, 17, 18, 19 there, that last paragraph. Uh, I'll reread it. So the shepherds hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. Uh, I love the obedience Right, so, so God interrupts, he says, fear not, and then he gives some clarity. When that clarity comes in your life, when God all of a sudden speaks, now we know that sometimes it takes a while and we don't always understand why he's repositioned us, why he's interrupting us, whatever it is, but when he does, respond immediately. Hurry to go see the things that God is doing. I love that. Right, so many times we, we delay it, we reprioritize, we think, well, I've still got this to do over here, well, I've got this commitment. And, and this is such a beautiful picture of these shepherds with this eager anticipation, let me go see what God is doing. They hurried off. And then when they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. They shared, right? We heard Martha talking about it earlier with the children. It's a great reminder for us this morning that this Christmas gift, the Christmas joy is not meant to be reserved just for ourselves, it's meant to be shared. And so who is God asking you to share it with? Your story, the, the, the circumstances he's taking you through, the way that he's helping you overcome fear, the promises that he's given you that you need to hurry off and go see, those are all opportunities for us to share what God is doing with others. And so who is that for you? Who are the people in your life that you need to share this Christmas joy with? Right? It's not so much that we need to receive it as much as that we need to give it. And so they hurried off and they spread the word concerning what had been told about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherd said to them. And then I love this part. Then Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. In the midst of the hurry, in the midst of the obedience, in the midst of the purpose, they took time to just stop and to treasure these things in their heart. There was gratitude. There was this sense of profound awareness that they recognized this was something bigger than themselves. God was doing something beyond themselves. And so let me take a moment and treasure this. I don't know what the rest of your day holds, right? I know that it's, it's gotta be filled with some sort of plans, whether it's a, a meal or visiting family. But along the way, whatever this day looks like for you, treasure the gifts that God has given you. Think about not so much what has been lost, but what has been given. Treasure those things. And tomorrow, do it again. And let that be a lifestyle. That God comes and he meets us, he gives us the opportunity to not be afraid, and all those little gifts, all those little inconveniences, all those little disruptions are still ways for us to find how he's working in our lives. Treasure those things. Don't hurry past them, treasure them. And then the final one here that we see, the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. Uh, I said this at Jingle Jam on the night of the 14th that uh, I think this is just a great daily practice uh, for us to gather together around our dinner tables with friends, with family members, with children, uh, with loved ones, whoever it may be, and to make it a regular conversation, to look back on our day and say, what did we see and hear today? How did we see and hear God move today? 
and let's give praise for what he has done. And I, and I would probably challenge us even a little bit further to say that part of what they were praising God for was recognizing these things are being done just as they had been told. Uh, that there was an understanding of what God had promised, there was an understanding of his word, there was an understanding of what, what God was doing. And so the way we can lean into God's word, the way we can lean into the scripture, the more, the more we can lean into prayer and, and sense uh, his prompting and the spirit leading us, man, we can, we can see what God is doing. And so gather together with the people that God has placed in your life. Uh, gather together around those dinner tables, around those intimate moments, and praise God for what you have seen and what you have heard. Uh, this Christmas morning, we have an opportunity to gather again around a manger and see the miracle of the virgin birth, to see the miracle of God taking on flesh and dwelling among us, the light stepping into darkness and understanding that darkness will never overcome it. It is the light of the world full of grace and truth. It is Jesus, our newborn king. So when we go through those disruptions, when we go through those inconveniences, don't be afraid. Right? God is at work. And let us respond with that hurried obedience, that eager anticipation. Let us share and spread the word of what God is doing. Let us treasure those things along the way by gathering together and remembering what we've seen and what we've heard and always giving praise to God. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we do love you and we do thank you for the gift of Christmas. I thank you for the gift of this morning and the chance for us to gather together as a church family to reflect upon um, really just so much of what you've done for us in Christ. I pray for every heart that's in this room and the mixture of emotions that uh, we all carry, whether it's the, the just eager excitement that comes from a small child that's just ready to open more gifts and celebrate and play with toys, or the emotions that come with um, grief and sadness for loved ones that have been lost, or, or the anxiety that comes with all the different planning and all the different responsibilities and all the different things that have to be done and everything in between. Speak to us in this moment, God, and allow us to once again just feel your presence in a very profound way and to be grateful that you are with us. And so help us, God, to always celebrate the spirit of Christmas, not just today, but every day of our lives. And we would always give praise for what we have seen and what we have heard. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen.